My name is Jesse, and I work with small businesses in the government marketplace. You're listening to FedBiz5, where you get informed, get connected, and get results on everything government contracting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of FedBiz5. Today, we have Daryl Hammond, who is a senior proposal development consultant that handles capture management and proposal management. For over 10 years, Daryl has helped companies find, track, and create federal, state, local, and commercial bids. He has worked with a variety of 8A, small and disadvantaged businesses, businesses transitioning from small to large, and large multi-billion dollar businesses. Daryl, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump right in. What are the key components of a successful government contract bid, and how do they differ from proposals in the private sector? I think that the most important part about proposals in the government space is the compliance. The government is not looking for the same things that you would turn in uh, in a commercial bid. The government has other things that they have to gather. So when you submit a government bid, that bid has to follow certain sections of the federal acquisition regulations, the FAR. So the government is compelled to ask for certain things and to make sure that you provide certain things in order to award the contract. So those are the primary things that are different. It's just a lot of it's going to be compliance. A lot of it's going to be uh, just making sure that you put together an outline that is compliant to the solicitation, right? That means that you pull out all the things that you have to submit and you put them into a document and you have a place for them with the directions and the evaluation criteria. Um, And that usually helps people get off to a good start and make sure that they don't forget anything during the course of that bid. Wonderful. Thank you. So my next question, what common mistakes do businesses make when submitting bids and how can they avoid them? I think that common mistakes that people make is they don't always have a good understanding of how many people they need. This is especially true of smaller businesses and people that have not worked in government contracting before. I would say not understanding how many people you need or the type of skill sets that you need. That's very common. And then I would say having never seen a bid before, right? So if you've never seen a bid for a government contract in your sector, it's going to be very hard to deliver something that's on par with that or that is going to be, you know, of the same level of quality. So I think that people need good examples and they need qualified people. And I think good management is important. A lot of what I do with my customers is focused around making sure that they understand what has to be turned in, making sure that there's a like a calendar that describes when things are due and that there's a process for reviewing Uh, the items that the government has asked for, you don't put it all together and submit it. You have to review it periodically. And if it doesn't hit the mark, you make adjustments to make sure that it hits those marks. Once you are able to get a mastery of what people you need and the process for putting together a proposal, it smooths out quite a bit. I'd also say that sometimes people struggle because they're starting from scratch. If you have no content at all, the first four or five are going to be really tough because you're not recycling anything. You're creating everything from scratch for that bid. So once you get into a groove and you start to submit a few bids, um, especially if those bids are good compliant bids, you can take the content that you develop and reuse and recycle and reshape that content for other bids. Great. Thank you. Um, How important is it for businesses to understand and address the specific requirements and evaluation criteria outlined in a solicitation? Can you share any examples or best practices? Yeah. So uh, with government contracts, you are required, like if it says the contractor will, the contractor shall, the contractor must, 
Those are things that you have to do if you would like to be considered, right? So in some situations, the government is nice and they'll come back to you and they'll ask you to fix something, right? But they don't usually do that. For instance, once I turned in a proposal and in the pricing section, I think we had moved a decimal point one space to the right. So instead of it saying $70, it was $700, right? And so the government said, I think we've identified a few areas where uh, there may be an issue here are the five or six areas. Can you confirm whether your like your price was significantly higher than the rest of the bidders? Can you confirm that your price was actually these at this level or provide us the correct information? Now that doesn't happen hardly ever, right? They have to have a really good reason to do something like that. Um, and this was a very very large bid with a lot of complex things. But typically, if you miss a compliance item, if you miss a couple, you know, if, if the proposal let's say calls for past performance or previous experience that is similar of a similar size scope and complexity to the contract you're bidding on you can't provide that like that kind of ends your bid so you can have a lot of a lot of the things but not all of the things and very easily get disqualified so making sure that you understand what the government is asking for and making sure that you provide them with everything that they've requested it's very, very important or that you are not usually qualified to receive an award. So what resources would you recommend for businesses looking to enter into the government contracting marketplace or improve their proposal writing skills? Proposal writing is pretty tough. I would say that there are a lot of people inside of the proposal and uh, business development space on the federal side. I'd say that of every 10 people that you encounter, maybe three of them or four of them on the highest end would be good writers. So I think you need to have a really good understanding of what needs to be turned in. And I think that a lot of times it can be done better if you speak it first and then write it later. The government is asking a series of very, very technical questions. So you always have to make sure that you're answering the question, right? Look at the shells, look at the wills, look at the musts and speak your response and record it. It might be easier than to transcribe it into text from there right? You can at least get your ideas onto paper. For people who are not good writers, the writing is the hardest part. And I think that one of the techniques that people use in the industry to help engineers, for example, who are a lot of those guys are incredibly intelligent, but the stuff that they're talking about is very process oriented and it's very detailed. So helping them to get their ideas from in their heads on paper, a good proposal writer or proposal manager will do that with an interview. If you're writing by yourself or you don't have someone around who has the skills to interview you properly and help pull the information out in a way that's going to be compliant, I would say the next best way that you could start to do that would be to speak your answer aloud and then maybe go ahead and edit it from there, right? Go ahead and, and get some help, whether it's from AI or from something else, to kind of edit that language and, and get it into a good format. So uh, that would be one thing. I would say that also for the writing, uh, you need a compliance document. A lot of times when you put together a bid, you create what's called an annotated outline. And that annotated outline will have a section that leaves space for every single requirement that you have to respond to that the government has provided you. So typically response outline will contain a different header level for every evaluation criteria and all of the things that come out of the statement of work that you need to write to, right? And the annotated part is where you have to look at the instructions and the evaluation criteria and then anything from inside of, you know, the technical specs or the statement of work or the PWS, and you have all those things in one place. 
once you get those down and you have a compliant outline, it's much easier to write to what the government needs and understand how they're going to evaluate it all in the same place. I would also say that a compliance matrix is helpful too. And a compliance matrix does the same thing, but it's an evaluation tool as you read through and you review your proposal. Fascinating. Can you share a success story for your experience in helping a business win a government contract through a well-crafted proposal? So I worked with a company in Virginia and it was a pretty complex bid. And I think for me, this is a good example because we used the intelligence that we had about the customer to develop a bid that was very attractive to them. By that, I mean that when you understand what the customer needs, it's much easier and you put together much better bids because everything that they're struggling with, the hot button issues and the problems that exist within whatever type of contract you're trying to fulfill, all of that information doesn't exist on the page. Some of that is stuff that you have to reach out to the contracting officer and discuss. Some of that is information that you have to get from the government's program management team, right? You need to understand what's going well, what's not going well, and how they're hurting so that you can put together a bid that helps them to solve the problems that they have. So with this specific contract, we were able to speak with the current program manager, and we also had people that were in the office. So it's much easier to gather information. Um, the head of this particular organization had a list of 10 goals and objectives that she was trying to put forth and push through her organization uh, in this period. And so we used that along with some of the other PowerPoint tools and some of the other budgetary information for this entity that had been released to create a proposal that specifically looked at and fed into the things that she was trying to uh, achieve within her organization. And we had information on other people too, right? We understood that certain people within her organization and leadership, some of them were very process oriented. And so we worked to put in very detailed process graphs and maps and other things like that, that we knew would specifically appeal to that person and in his organization. We put together other things that would be specifically attractive to people that were working on the everyday stuff. And we really designed the entire bid for the customer right? It's not just about the compliance. The compliance has to be done, but putting together something that's going to be attractive and help that company and that co or that organization and that group of people to save time and energy and to make their lives better and easier. And we won that bit. Great. Thank you very much for that. Now, in addition to what you've already discussed, what advice would you give to businesses that are new to government contracting or struggling to win contracts despite submitting, you know, multiple bids? I think if you're struggling to win contracts, the best thing you can do is request a debrief. So once you find out that you haven't won a contract, you can reach out to the government and say, hey, please provide a debrief. And that means the government has to explain why you weren't considered. So in situations where you lose on compliance, that means that you weren't quite ready to do all the things that the government needed. You didn't clearly describe the processes and other things that they wanted to see, or you maybe excluded something that needed to go in entirely. And that evaluation will let you know what you missed, right? And so at a certain point, you need to look at the notes and the information that you get in the debrief, and then look at what you submitted and find where the problems exist. Also, if you lose on price, that's entirely different. At that point, you're looking at another part of your business. Did you really understand the requirements or did you did you miss something in some other way? Um, so I think the debrief is a good place to start. You know, if you can figure out what inside of your proposal process is broken, it's much easier to fix it than just wondering. All right. So how would a business go about you know, doing that, getting a debrief? 
Yeah, you, you specifically can request a debrief from the contracting officer or the contracting officer's representative. So whoever submitted and put the solicitation up is usually the person that you would request the debrief from. They'd also be the person that will let you know typically uh, that your bid has been accepted uh, once you submit it to them, however they've requested it. And they'll also uh, let you know usually whether you've won or not. So usually the same person that you've been in communication with throughout the process is the person that you would request that from. Got it. Thank you. Um, yep. No, absolutely. I'm glad that uh, we could sit down and have this this conversation. And I hope that this information will be helpful to people. This is a really complex process. There are probably 10 or 20 different career fields that cater exclusively to this. So I think that with the right training and the right help getting in, it, it's much easier than kind of muddling your way through on your own. Yeah, I definitely couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, Daryl, uh, thank you again for uh, all the great information. Absolutely. I hope we can have you on again sometime. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. This concludes this week's episode of Fed Biz 5, where you get informed, get connected, and get results. Today's podcast is sponsored by FedBiz Access, government contracting made simple. Visit them at fedbizaccess.com or contact them at 888-299-4498.